Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 7th of February, the month named after the ancient Roman festival of purification, or Februa, the time of year for ritually washing ourselves. These festivities were presided over, accordingly, by Februus, the Roman god of purification. Today is the 38th day of 2022, with an inspiring 327 days leading us to 2023. Welcome to the Chinese Year of the Tiger, Gonghai Fat Choi. Today in 1812, English romantic poet Gordon Lord Byron, was, who was also a parliamentary peer, made his first speech in the House of Lords, a humanitarian plea opposing harsh Tory measures against riotous Nottingham weavers. Today in 1857, Gustave Flaubert was acquitted on a charge of obscenity for his work Madame Bovary. Today in 1907, the Mud March occurred, the first large procession organized by the National Union of Women's Suffrage Societies. Today in 18, 1987, Madonna's Open Your Heart went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Heavenward tomorrow morning, just before sunrise, the first quarter moon will be barely above the southeastern horizon, horizon with Mercury at 13 degrees above the horizon. And on Wednesday, Venus will be especially bright at magnitude 4.6, sharing the southeastern sky low above the horizon with Mars and Mercury. This past week here in Down East Maine, many of the local ice fishermen were happy for a few days of sub-zero temperatures, good ice-making weather, and elsewhere in the state, many skiers were happy owing to the substantial snowfall early in the week. Then about midweek for a few days came the temporary thaw, which we usually have about a month earlier in most years, followed by a gradual cooling that brought along another fine snowstorm, reminding many of us of the typical winters we used to have in the Pine Tree State. Actually, to those folks who are new to Maine, this winter's authenticity provides an action-packed learning experience. In most endeavors in life, we have two principal categories, one concerning tools and equipment, and the other concerning materials and supplies. Collectively, these two basic groups are often referred to as gear. One really useful item of gear this particular winter is a snow relocating device, sometimes referred to as a sleigh shovel. A sleigh shovel is recognizable as a rather large, broad, and deep scoop attached to a rectangularly shaped handle used to push the sleigh shovel into a respectable quantity of snow and then withdraw that quantity easily and slide it to some other location. In this manner, sleigh shovels are frequently able to clear driveways of snow as fast as, if not faster than, many pickup truck-mounted snowplows. A new colleague of mine, recently transplanted from America's deep south to Maine and attempting to cope with the learning curve involved in her relocation this winter, is enthusiastic about acquiring the right stuff and regularly punctuates news of her acquisitions with so much gear. For the past two years, a good many of us have thought of masks as essential personal protective equipment as a means of protecting ourselves from each other during a time when a microscopic enemy gains strength through our habits of being in close contact with one another.
Many of us are aware that wearing a mask, physically distancing, being vaccinated, and isolating those who have been infected, and vigilantly engaging in all those aspects, would rid us of this disease, known colloquially as COVID. But we certainly are not doing those things in adequate measure. Rather, what makes perfect sense is that our rate of infection from COVID equals our pursuit of activities that promote infection. For we as a species are excellent at not acknowledging the presence of the elephant in the room, so that here on planet COVID, we continue to provide the virus with all the opportunities it needs to evolve into an ever-expanding array of variants. Here in the United States, when we look at our current 76 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, and divide that by the total cases worldwide of about 389 million, we find that we in the U.S. have, so far, roughly 20% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. India is a somewhat distant second, currently having 42 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil with 27 million cases. Fourth place this past week goes to France, owing to its significant recent spike in cases, so that its total since the beginning of the pandemic is now 21 million. That bumps the UK down to fifth place with 18 million cases. Russia is in sixth place with approximately 12.4 million cases. And Turkey is in seventh place with 12 million cases cumulatively cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 26 months ago. On the fatal front, worldwide deaths due to COVID are at 5.8 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are now at 890,000, up at least 11,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks, only an average of 1,571 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, more than 10 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1812 in Portsea, England, Elizabeth Barrow Dickens and clerk John Dickens had Charles, the second of their five children. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us the couple were ill-equipped to raise a family, as Elizabeth was selfish and impractical, and though John earned a good living, he spent more than he earned and soon wound up in debtor's prison. Subsequently, Charles, at only 12 years old, was forced to leave school and to work in a blacking factory, laboriously scraping carbon from soot-darkened lamp chimneys. His father eventually rescued him from this dirty drudgery, but Elizabeth thought Charles should continue working, and Charles never forgave her for valuing his meager wages more than his happiness. Nonetheless, after Charles became a famous and successful writer, he took better care of his parents than they had of him. Today is also the birthday in 1478 of English Catholic Saint Sir Thomas More, in 1804 of American blacksmith and manufacturer John Deere, in 1817 of African-American social reformer, abolitionist, orator, writer, and statesman Frederick Douglass, in 1867 of American writer Laura Ingalls Wilder, In 1883, of American ragtime and jazz pianist and composer U.B. Blake. In 1885, of American novelist and Nobel Prize winner Sinclair Lewis. In 1960, of actor James Spader. 
1965 of comedian Chris Rock, and 1978 of American actor Ashton Kutcher. From Orona, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the eighth official week of winter. We're less than a month and a half away from spring.